Welcome to the Woke Blokes podcast, hosted by Nick Sutherland from MindFit and Ryan Hassan from the Center for Healing. Let's get into today's episode. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Woke Blokes podcast. Ryan Hassan here from the Center for Healing, joined as always by the Sultan of Steel, McRae's own Nick Sutherland. Nico, how are you, mate? There's <sighs> here. Um, I'm, I'm, <laughs> a client asked me how, uh, I've been back at work this week after three weeks away and a client said, how are you? And I, I stopped and thought about it. I went, I'm battered. I'm feeling battered and not in a good fish and chip way. In a, right. Uh, not, not in a potato cake way. I'm, 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 I'm feeling weathered at the moment. Yeah. Me and Nico are both a little bit sick. Um, I think Nico, Nico's got the, the Rona. And I, I, well, I had 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 the Rona, and um, I've got. I think I've just got the old fashioned. <coughs> I've gone old school. Well, it's it's nice to go old school once in a while. Yeah, but it's like you know, Melissa got it first, and I'm like, oh, finally, babe, we finally got COVID. You know, it's like that. Have you seen that meme where it's like two years into the pandemic? I'm not sure if I'm avoiding COVID or COVID's avoiding me. It's like a really <laughs> sad looking person looking out the window. <laughs> Um, so she got sick last week and I'm like, oh, finally, babe, we got it. I busted out the rat test, negative. I'm like, oh, and then I tried her again a few days later, negative. And then um, I got it after her and then I tested negative as well. So, Well, M, M tested negative and then uh, a couple of days later tested positive. I tested positive straight off the bat. So. Yeah, it's, it's a bit, it's a bit, it's all over the place, mate. It's um, it's strange. My mate up north in Queensland, he had it. Our mate Drew Wild, who was on, who's been on our show, oh, yeah. and um, yeah, he got it, tested positive, and then he went to get the the blood test to, for the antibodies, and um, they're like, no, you never had it. <laughs> He's like, oh, for God's sake! <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't even have an opinion on it anymore. Nah. Just, Let's talk about what you've been up to, Nico. You've had a big, you know, what you're battered not <coughs> just from from being a little bit crook, but you know, you've been up in up north for for a few weeks, and you just got back down home. And what's been happening? Let us all know. Uh, yeah. So went to Bulia. Shout out to Bulia. Um, and did some work out there for the Bullier Shire, which was amazing. So for those of you that don't know, Australia's a really big fucking country. It's huge. Um, and, and for our listeners in uh, Iceland. Um, How many Icelands could fit in Australia? About 70, I reckon. You, you keep talking, I'm going to look it up. All right, maybe more. So I went to, there's a mining town called Mount Isa in, in sort of the northwest Queensland. Um, and, and so I was working a couple of hours south, three hours south of that in Bullia. Lots of uh, just big cattle stations everywhere, basically. Um, so that was wonderful. Got to see some clients in the flesh uh, that I've got out there and, uh, and, and also meet some, some new people came in for some sessions um really interesting though like it's it's just a you know it's just a different world basically i mean it's the same world but just a different different kettle of fish um not a lot to do out there like it reminds me of, i forget what movie it is and, and they're like what do you what do you boys do and what do you like to do and like oh we like to hunt and fuck 
I would really like to hunt things to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's a little bit, a little bit that way out there. So, uh, you know, lifting the lid on it and. And, and talking to people that people just haven't opened up people have been carrying stuff around for years there's a lot of um a small town you know everyone knows everyone's business there's a lot of gossiping there's a lot of jumping to inclusions there's a lot of you know it, it can get pretty toxic out out there where there, there's a lack of things to focus on um, oh yeah i've seen you know we've had you know many clients over the years from you know more remote parts of the country and yeah you find in those small towns there's you'd think you know small you know tight-knit community there'd be more open um yeah. dialogue but there's actually not because you know everyone's, everyone's trying ashamed. to ashamed everyone they are and then they know, like if there's if there's some you know skeleton in the closet then they're like oh if it gets out the whole town or no and that's a bad thing and so everyone's trying to keep their skeletons in the closet um as best they can and um you know it's it's really unhealthy yeah, yeah. So um, hopefully we get to go back and do some follow-up work there. That'd be that'd be awesome. Uh, and then went up to Mount Isa. I've got a client up there. Shout out to Tonka, um, amazing man. Raised a hundred thousand dollars for the TX Foundation. That's the, the trademark boys, Dan and Ed. Uh, it's their foundation. So he he, he raised a hundred grand for them, which is a massive effort. Um, but yeah, so Tonka Tonka started working with me. Should get him on the show, actually. Um, and yeah, he was he was really really in, in bad shape, and, and um, he's done such an amazing amount of work on himself, and he's really an advocate for this sort of stuff now. So so he rounded up a heap of folk, and, and I did a presentation with him, sort of sitting up there with me and chatting about his stuff, uh, and that went down really well. Got lots of really really positive feedback from that awesome uh, so while we're up there we also had a meeting with a, a mine out of clump curry because the miners are experiencing a lot of discord um so you know yeah so i had that and just sent off a proposal to do some work out there um I just just feel like i'm planting all these seeds and and you know there's have to be said to am we're going to be careful what we manifest because it's if all of this stuff bears fruit um you need uh, another one of you don't know if i've got enough um fruit pickers <laughs> so um, so we're trying to dan up dan's coming in april so dan will dan will be sort of officially on board in mid-april um, wonderful which is great but yeah, so so after after working up north, went to the the property in Agnes Water. <laughs> it's, it's, it's beautiful how people's minds work. So last time we we're up there just before Christmas in December, um, the neighbours were saying, "Oh, when you come back in February, it's going to be it's going to be wet. You might even the road might even be flooded. You might have to you know uh, the, the the dams will be full. Everything will be really wet." And we turned up there and the dams were actually lower than when we were there in December. The creek was dry and, and yeah, right. Yeah, a couple of plants looking dry. 
and <laughs> I observed Em, and she was quite affected by it. She was she was quite unsettled by it. Or she, oh, but it should be should be green. And she she had this expectation, you know, the the reality in her head didn't meet the reality of what we were walking into. Um, and she was a bit oh, a bit unsettled. And she said, um, oh, you know, should we should we even go ahead with our plans here? Because you know, what if we're in a drought now? What you know, are we in a drought? And, and I, I said, honey, you just, just calm your farm a little bit. All right? The it's, worst case scenario. <coughs> yeah. And that night we got pumped with 200 mil of rain in one night. She slept <laughs> through the whole thing. She had the earplugs in. And she wakes up in the morning and she's like, oh, morning, walking around. I've been up all night plugging holes in the caravan and just <laughs> couldn't sleep because she's like, yeah. And and she wakes up and uh, i made her a coffee and i said come for a walk huh? she's like oh did it rain a bit last night i said come have a look at this the creek at the front is flowing over our driveway it's just absolutely pumping the dams and chockers and she's like oh my god what happened when did this <laughs> the drought finished <laughs> <laughs> I said, honey, you be very careful. You're a powerful manifester, all right? You, you just be careful. What you you got to watch those powers. Mm, yeah. Um, so we, we sort of got, uh, yeah, we got locked in. We couldn't, yeah, the road was damaged at the front and, and the creeks had flooded some of the roads. So we had to, we needed to get from Agnes Water, which is about four and a half hours north of Noosa, this is the sunny coast. Uh, we had to get down to the sunny coast for a friend's birthday. And so we, we found a back way out of out of Agnes and got down as far as Gympie. And then I don't know if anyone was watching the news, but Gympie, uh, the Mary River in Gympie, went from eight metres to 24 metres or something. Yeah, we've had here in Australia, we've had um, some of the biggest floods in history down the east coast of Australia at the minute. So that's what a lot of people are dealing with in, in that region. Yeah, so we, we got stuck in Gympie for the night. Um, and it was really it was really interesting because, I mean, obviously everyone was so affected by it, but um, to different degrees. We, we weren't residents of the town, so but we saw, you know, pubs just pulling all their stock out because they knew the river was rising they knew that they were going to get swamped so they were just pulling all their stock out um we went to the emergency center we, we, we tried airbnb we tried all the hotels motels everything no accommodation anywhere so i went to the uh, heard about this emergency center at the town hall so i went there and all the beds and blankets and everything there were taken <coughs> so um yeah, we just had to, to park up somewhere and sleep in the back of the, Did you? the Discovery. Yeah. Uh, I'm six foot two. The, the back of the Discovery is about two and a half foot. So <laughs> <laughs> me and M in the back of the Discovery, no blankets, no anything. Rosie? Yeah. Yeah, that was an interesting night's sleep. But it, it reminded me, you know, there's been periods in my life where I have literally been without a home. I could have gone home to Ballarat, but I was, I was, I was living, uh, you know, I lived out of my old four-wheel drive for a while, and I've had some homeless nights in Melbourne CBD and whatnot. Um, and it just took me straight back to that, you know, mm. feeling displaced, and, and, and just that uh, you don't have food, water, shelter. 
Yeah, that's just that's you know you take it for granted. It's it's so accessible and available here. And then obviously with what's happening in the Ukraine, the thoughts go to to there and and the amount of displacement all over the world. You know, it's. Um, I've been talking to clients lately, but you can't replicate experience. You can't you can't buy experience. You, know, you can sit there and watch the news, and you can feel sorry for people, or even empathetic towards their their cause or their suffering or whatever. But until you've spent a night on the streets, or until you've you've had that very you know real experience with it, and that's why as lived experience practitioners were so effective. Um, you can't replicate it. And, and, mm. Yeah, it was just a really interesting, on so many levels, just a, you know, there's rivers flooding, people people are suffering, we're displaced, there's not a lot we can do, everyone's feeling powerless because Mother Nature's flexing her muscles and going, <laughs> you measly peasants, I'll remind you how insignificant you are. Um, yeah, so, so that was incredible. It's like a real move back down uh, Maslow's hierarchy, isn't it? It's like we spend so much time in, especially in Western culture today, um, you know, we have the we have the luxury of being able to discuss philosophical concepts on a podcast and and all that kind of stuff because or doing whatever people are doing in their lives because we have all of these basic needs of survival, um, you know, food and shelter uh, taken care of. And it's only in those moments where you're like, hey, this stuff isn't always a given <laughs> that we all of a sudden, you know, have to start start looking at things. So I think it's a really interesting experience, um, to be honest, and one that a lot of people now down <coughs> east coast of Australia are having to deal with. Like there's people stuck now due to these floods in parts of the country where they're not able to get food at the minute and that kind of thing. So, Yeah, and, and it's, it's easy to feel very distant from it. You know, you can see it on the news or you can hear about it or read about it or whatever. Oh, that's terrible. But as I said, you, until you, until you, you know, sitting in a house with water, <laughs> the irony is. So yeah, I'll come back around. I'll, I'll get to the ending first, and we'll go back. But so we, we flew home a day early. Got home on the Friday night. And we're like, oh, we're home. We were just tired. We were just we were both not feeling great. We were just just wanted to get into bed. You know, just get into bed with the dogs got into bed and the dog's on the bed and you know, it's just a, oh, we finally, and then two o'clock in the morning, we get woken up, it's flooding. We got 40 mil in an hour at home and the fucking bottom of the house was two inches deep with water. It was pouring in a vent midway up a wall and it was just like, oh God, <laughs> never ending, it's never ending. So now when it rains, it pours, right? We've had these, we've had landscaping. Our backyard has just been a, a construction site for four months. It's just uh, we've been flooded three times. It's um, you know. Uh, so we're going back to, back to Gimpy, um, and we just when we were there. So we spent the night in 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 the car, and the next morning. Evan put out a bit of an SOS call to friends and family, is anyone in the area know anyone where, where we can stay or whatnot? We didn't know how long we were there for. And um, yeah, got word, got a phone call from this lovely, lovely lady, Rita, and um, she said, yeah, I'm, I'm here, I live by myself, got a spare room, come and stay. And we're like, oh, 
wonderful, thank you. So we said, can we cook you dinner? You know, and so we went to the supermarket and bought a heap of food and took it around there and went straight in and had a nap. I sat up talking to her. She, she, she was into Buddhism and, and all sorts. So I had a wonderful chat and just learned about her life. Amazing. We should talk to old people more. They're, they're uh, so, so incredible. Let's, uh, let's circle back to that because I had that thought this week as well. Go on. Yeah, okay. Uh, and, and anyway, so she, and she's, she's toddled off to, to go and check on her kids or something that live in town. Uh, and then I heard that we might be able to get out of Gympie. There was a road, you know, might have sort of not been as flooded. We had the four wheel drive. So got him up, chucked all the gear in the car, went and checked it out, and we could actually get through. There's a few water crossings, but we, we made it through. Um, and we, we, we rang and left a message to, to Rita saying, sorry, we, we, we found our way out. We can actually, we think we can get to the Gold Coast tonight for this, this birthday party for our goddaughter's 21st, which was pretty special. Um, and she texts us back saying, wonderful, hope all's well. A couple of days later, we checked in on her and she said, oh, it was, was wonderful that the food you bought me actually there was a food shortage in town and that food lasted me three days and oh wow like all these... and i said to her it's amazing you know even when we're in gimpy if we couldn't get to the birthday party you know we let go we surrendered and we went it's, it's all happening for a reason there's all you know this is all interconnected it's all there's someone behind the scenes who knows so much more than we do and we're just gonna go where we're told to go um, yeah and so it was beautiful we got to have this amazing conversation with Rita and then we got to leave her all this food that helped her for the next couple of days we we made a friend you know that we're going to drop back in and visit her next time I'm in the area and hopefully actually get to cook her dinner um and yeah I sent her, I sent her a gift of the, the the Buddha reading cards that I use at work here I took I took them up with me and showed her so so, so many wonderful things came out of, you know, what, what was a, what could have been a, if we had have held on to our attachments and got really distorted and really unsettled and disturbed, it would have been a terrible experience. But because we stayed clear of all of that, it actually was, it was a really amazing experience. Yeah, and those memories that you'll have for a long time. It's like there's real sense of community, these new experiences that you wouldn't have had unless that happened. Um, that that tends to what happened in, in, in times of crisis as well. Like I see a lot of the people, you know, going and helping um, people who are in these flood-affected areas. And it was only, you know, not too long ago, there was so much division going on and you would never see, you know, a person who's trying to get food and there's a whole bunch of people bringing them food and maybe helping shovel, you know, all that stuff. You don't hear them go, hey, are you vaccinated or not? Because I don't want your help if you're not. No one cares about that shit anymore. <laughs> it's like when, that, when an actual crisis hits, it's like people want to want to band together and help each other. And a lot of what we were worried about before doesn't seem like such a, a worry anymore. Mm, yeah, yeah, you're right. It's like, um, you know, a lot of people who are in... Um, you know, New York after 9-11 and the kind of the weeks following yeah. that incident, the the sense of camaraderie and mateship, you know, between, and now it went back to normal, not too long after that, <laughs> but like for those after that moment, you know, everyone was actually smiling and talking to people in the street, not in so much of a rush to get everywhere. We sort of went back to that basic idea of community. One of our 
one of our students had a great term she put in our courses um she called it that because she works with clients as well and she said it's that primal connection that a lot of us are after and are missing in our lives and that primal connection means like really just sitting across from a person and connecting by hearing their story hearing through the pains they've been through how they overcame them and it's so much different to the connection that most people have now which is you know someone liking my picture on Instagram that I've put a heavy filter over and doesn't represent my life. Um, you know, that's the connection so many of us have now. And I think that primal connection, as this person put it, is just so important right now and, and, and seems to what comes to the fore in, in moments like these. Yeah, I mean, I was sitting there in a stranger's house uh, having the most wonderful conversation and, and just really listening to her and then sharing some of my stuff and, and it was an amazing exchange and, and there, was, there was no but it wasn't a transactional thing it wasn't i'm going to give in order to receive it was just a i gave and she gave and and that that beautiful act of giving um yeah she yeah we, we couldn't because we we stayed out of those distortions and didn't go to the black and white good or bad right or wrong it just it just was it wasn't a good or a bad experience it was just an experience and and um i'm so grateful for having done all the work and being in a position where i could remain in that space and remain present you know because then i could oh we're able to problem solve we didn't get angry and start attacking each other. Uh, Em and I, we we had an amazing adventure and we we came together and we we solved problems and we, you know, um, we're just, we we became so much better having been through that experience because we had that growth mindset. Yeah, yeah, because we tend to, you know, come to things with a distorted mind and all of a sudden the experience that's in front of us doesn't become an ex- just an experience anymore but it becomes yeah labeled and and seen it's like it's like if i go and there's a there's a nice tree down the road in a park and i go sit in front of the tree and it's interesting to sort of play with because you're going to sit there and you just kind of experience a tree it's really beautiful but it doesn't take long before the mind steps in and goes how big is this tree this is a pretty bloody big tree not the biggest i've seen though that other tree was bigger that i saw a couple of years ago and it's just it needs to label that good bad right wrong big small and starts to go into this thinking and we do that with with so much experience of life and it it's unfortunate because i know i've done that the majority of my life but i know when we have those experiences like you have where we just let an experience be they're, they're the moments that we, we look back on with such fondness. Yeah, nothing mm. needed to be made right or wrong or good or bad. Just what was happening was happening. Yeah, and, and so uh, we, we went to the party uh, and then we, we, we had a really testing day trying to get back home because that was flooded. There was all these blockages everywhere. It was like, that road's flooded. You get to stop and go back and that... Uh, <laughs> And like, oh, do we rest here? And we end up in Tin Can Bay or somewhere. And we're like, do we do we rest here? And the bloke said, oh, maybe this road's open there. And we're like, ah, oh, a couple of hours from home. Do we push through? It's going to be, yeah, yeah, let's just get there. And, you know, we're tired, we're hungry, we're thirsty, we're all these things. And you finally get there and you're like, ah, oh, okay. we made it, we're home. And, and then, yeah. And the house floods. Yeah, no, well, that, we made it back to the property and then we came back yeah. and the house flooded. Um, <laughs> And so it's just one thing after another, and you know, it's it's uh, it's 
we just kept turning up and you know i said i feel battered but i've still got a smile on my face and um yeah i've been hailed on and rained on and drowned and drenched and whacked and, and all sorts of things but i've still got a smile on my face because i'm choosing all of this yeah. i'm choosing to have a property in agnes i'm choosing to go and work up in Queensland and I'm choosing to live where we live I'm choosing to have landscaping done in our backyard I'm you know I'm I'm choosing all of this I'm not choosing to get flooded in that but it's you know um, and, and and it can feel so disempowering when when things are happening outside of our control and people create this illusion of control which is actually anxiety and fear they hold on and, and try and shape everything and try and twist and create and make everything but um true control is surrendering it's letting go and just allowing things to be as they are and so i'm, I'm standing here battered with a smile on my face because I, I did let go and everything is exactly how it needs to be i don't i'm not trying to make it a perfect world because i realize it's perfect everything no one no one wants another person's home to flood no one wants to see on the news you know all of this these tragedies happening but without the tragedies there's not the the triumphs you know and you, you can't have one without the other so yeah, you're making me think especially when you're talking about you know going through trials and tribulations and finally getting home you know into your bed with the dogs on your bed it's like that analogy it's like you know when you're out in the snow um you know maybe working chopping wood or whatever all day and and then you come home to a, an open fireplace and it's like that open fire like if, if i if it was the you know, middle of summer outside and everything and I came into an open fireplace i mean it might be okay and nice but if you've been out in the snow all day that fire is magic you can sit in front of it and appreciate it so much but you wouldn't have had that unless you had the other contrast first you you and i went down to Barnboogle. Uh, golf course in Tasmania and spent an amazing three days of there and we were blessed with the weather there we were absolutely blessed it was wonderful uh, I went there with uh, some friends a couple of years earlier and we weren't blessed with the weather we, we had the absolute opposite we had you know 60 mil in a couple of hours it was coming sideways no umbrellas it was just tor torrential it was freezing fuck it was freezing and it just turned into a round of survival. We forgot about scoring. It was just sea ball, hit ball, huddle and sort of try and inch forward. And that was only on the front nine. Right? So, so we make it back to the clubhouse and we, we go inside and, we're just, and there's this roaring fireplace and there's this just this bar there with hot chocolate and, and it's like oh and we get in front of the fire and instantly steam starts pouring off us <laughs> <laughs> and we're like oh oh and we had this cup of hot chocolate and we're in there for about uh, 10 minutes and, and everyone started to get comfortable i'm like no don't get comfortable don't 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 get lured into that you know we're, we're going to go back out we've got another nine holes to play if we get too comfortable then we're going to go out comfortable and get absolutely smashed in we've got to get back out there now and it was like oh fuck that like come on let's go played the back nine got back into the now i can get comfortable peeling layers of clothing off and just standing there in your jocks in front of this fire and still steaming <laughs> a, cup, a cup of hot chocolate in each hand like double parked with hot chocolates 
but they are the most memorable rounds. They're the ones that you, you know you lay on your deathbed and you don't think about all the really pleasant rounds of golf where the weather was perfect and oh, it's just that perfect temperature and the sunshine and dappling leaves and all that stuff. It was you remember that you remember the, the tough times. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, made, you made me remember we had a an Ambrose Day a few years ago, and there was me and my brother, my brother's best mate, and my nephew. And yeah, about a bit before halfway, it got cold, windy, rain, you know, bad. And, and, and a lot of people walked off and were like, no, nah, no, nah, we're going to finish. And there was a point where you could barely feel your hands on the club. And um, but we ended up we had a ball because uh, my brother's best mate, he hit maybe one good shot. And for whatever reason, we started calling him Froggy, like he was good in the wet. And it just and it just stuck. And he's like, I'm 50 years old. I've never had a fucking nickname in my life. And now I'm going to get called Froggy. And, and we had we just had so many laughs and everything. And then we did. We finished and got back to the clubhouse. Similar situation. And, um, you know, we still remember it fondly and laugh about it today. It's like, so it's like, so right now, Nick, you're battered. And what you're describing is, you know, and the question that listeners should ask themselves is, can I like I can be okay when I finish the round and get back in front of the fire with my hot chocolate, but can I also be okay while I'm battered as well? And I think that's the key. Like, I, otherwise, I'm otherwise I'm searching for the fire the whole time, and I'm and I'm resisting what's happening right now. It's, it's the it's the being comfortable outside of your comfort zone, you know, and people by nature keep seeking that comfort. They keep seeking that safe place, and and that is is very unhealthy to, to keep seeking that and to keep going there so you know, the mind fit motto discomfort precedes success it's tiger woods has just been inducted into the golf hall of fame don't know why we barely would have scraped into the, the, the hall of fame i, I don't know if you'd, um, if you'd make our ambrose team at the foster championships to be honest I'm not, no definitely wouldn't make our team at the foster championships um, and, and he was talking about you know the work ethic that his dad instilled in him, and he said if if it's just given to you, it's it's it's, it's there's no value. You, you've got to earn it. You, you've got to you don't deserve it um, until you, you've worked worked for it, and, 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 and you go and you you not take it, but you know you, you earn it and you you achieve it. That's that's where it comes from. So. That's why lottery winners struggle so much and go bankrupt not long after. Yeah. Is because yeah, you just, you, you've, there's part of us that knows, you know, there's part, that, that's why a lot of people will self-sabotage as well. If they've cut some corners and they know they've cut some corners, people are like, oh, the universe is watching, but, all, but you're watching. <laughs> We're always watching. And so if we know that we've cut some corners and that kind of thing, we'll invariably sabotage because we know we haven't earned it the right way. I'm very and we might feel like we got away with it, but we'll sabotage. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very blessed because one of my one of my strengths, one of my qualities, is patience. Um, and I was talking to a client yesterday about patience and how I've been patient through, throughout all of this. And I, lo I love that quote that patience is not simply the ability to wait; it's how we behave while we're waiting. Ooh. So. Patience isn't isn't a passive uh, exercise. It's it's a it's an active exercise. It's patience isn't just sitting there waiting. It's it's what we do while we're waiting, how we behave while we're waiting, 
And I looked up the definition of patience, which I've never done before. And it is the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, problems or suffering without becoming annoyed or anxious. Mm. That's great. I love that quote. I think that's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, so in that, the capacity to accept, and you know, we talk about accepting, surrendering, letting go uh, of the expectations of what we would ideally like to be happening or what would be more convenient for us to happen. It's, it's the ego. If you transcend the ego and just allow things to be, then you've got infinite patience because things aren't good or bad. They're not annoying or not annoying. They just, they just are. And it's it's an amazing skill and it is it is a skill that, that, that we can develop this this art of letting go and um, it also speaks of equanimity as well because you know equanimity means to remain calm and composed especially in a difficult situation so and this is the capacity to accept or tolerate delay problems or suffering without becoming annoyed or anxious they're very very similar they're very very aligned which i never well, it's realized. like people say uh, well it's not so much then i'm impatient or um i'm not very patient because we have to be patient it's more just like well i'm just not doing patience very well because i can't well, it's, like it's if i'm like waiting I'm for tomorrow i can't make tomorrow come any faster it just depends how I'm going to spend, what's my internal state going to be until tomorrow comes. And that will determine, I guess, the, the level of patience based on that definition. Well, it's, it's the, for me, it comes back to the attachments of what you want. And, and the stronger the attachment, the stronger the, the suffering is going to be. The, so, you know, we all have patience, but um, a lot of people are intolerant because they're not willing to accept that they're not going to get what they want when they want it and so that attachment to the desire for things to be different creates all of that unsettledness within them unsettledness <coughs> i'd like your thoughts on something that i've been discussing with clients um we touched on it before a little bit when when physical pain and emotional pain right when we physically touch something that hurts, we ouch and we learn not to do that because the human body is is so fragile. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised more people are dying. It's, mm. it's, it's so fragile. You know, we can just cut it open and all of a sudden we start leaking out and we die. Um, so physical pain, we touch something, ouch, that hurts. It's a threat to our survival. And so we learn not to go near it. Emotional pain, discomfort, or whatever, we tend to have the same reaction. We I don't like that discomfort. I'm not going to go near it again. But the difference is, the our our psyche is is so much stronger than our physical being. Our mind is infinitely stronger than our body. Our body is super fragile. Our mind is super strong if we train it uh, and, and, and do what's required to, to get it feeling strong. So that one's life and death and the other isn't. You know, touching a sword uh, is life and death. Um, getting told that you're a loser is not life and death. 
but people really struggle to distinguish the difference in two or, or to separate the two or to understand that one is life and death and the other's not. What do, what do you think? I've got some thoughts on that. But first, just in case anyone was really hanging on the edge of their seats, Australia is 7.692 million square kilometres and Iceland is 103,000 square kilometres, meaning that you could fit 74.7 Icelands in Australia. I said 70, didn't I? Did you have to rewind? Did you? I think I did. I think I'm, I'm going to have to read because if you did... I'm in awe. <laughs> you, you couldn't have said 70, could you? I did. I did. I said 70, I think. You're amazing. No. You're, a, you're a, what are you? What's, what's someone who's good at? Guessing. Estimating square meterage well, was... of countries. No. I just <laughs> what a niche. The... What a niche that is. <laughs> I just went into my, I just went into the Akashic records. You went into the infinite intelligence. Program. And I that's did. what you came up with. So. We have a survival mechanism which is designed to keep us safe and we live in a society today where most people see a threat to the psychological self as the same as a threat to the physical self and so people act in accordance. Um, well, you're actually right, if you do an fMRI brain scan then whether someone's in physical pain or emotional pain the same area of the brain will light up. So like, you know, pain is pain, but you're right. I love Someone, how geeky you are. I, I'm getting geeky. And so, yeah. um, so, you know, whether someone's, you know, stabbing you in the side with a knife or fiercely rejecting you, the same sort of areas of our brain will light up, which just means, you know, pain is pain. But you're right. When you look at it from a logical or rational point of view, someone rejecting me or someone calling me a loser isn't a life and death situation, yet my body reacts to it. Uh, in that same way. So it really, I think, does take a lot of work to start to be able to separate the both because, you know, if someone does call me a loser, then all of a sudden it's like well, we make these unconscious assumptions. Well, okay, what is a loser? What happens to a loser? They're ostracised from the group. They're treated poorly for the rest of their life. And I think we get to a point where we're like, well, if that's what my life's going to be, then life's not worth living. And so there's kind of, like you said, our mind's very powerful. So kind of, I think it takes powerful steps in the wrong direction so then it's like how can i then start to have my mind take powerful steps in a more empowering uh way and i think we have to take the reins of that because we if we leave it up if we have our hands off the wheel and, and it's on autopilot then it'll tend to go to the negative um almost every single time but it's yeah, it's important for people to know if they think like why, why do I have such a reaction to the way so-and-so spoke about me? But it's like our survival physiology is actually coming into play because, you know, hundreds of thousands of years ago throughout our evolution, we had actual physical threat happening all the time. As human beings today, there might be, depending on the kind of lifestyle you live, there might be a handful of times through your whole life where actual physical death is on the table. Like it's a serious well, higher in men than women because we do stupid shit. But yeah, yeah, but even then, it's it's not like we might put ourselves in where we might get injured, but actual life and death, it's very few. And so now this fear mechanism, it's still so active in us that it's looking for threat all the time, and so it finds that same level of threat <coughs> in these um, psychological and emotional instances. It's even even imagined physical threat. 
um, would light up the same part of the brain. It's like, I'm not going swimming because there'll be a shark in there. You're standing, you're sitting at home or you're sitting in a car looking at the water. You're not even near the beach, you're not even near the water, but you are still uh, feeling this sense of threat because of what the imagination is getting. That's up right. Yeah, it's like if you've ever had a you know dream or a nightmare where you're being chased and, and you'll wake up and you'll be sweating. Like your body has had a physiological response of sweating. So I haven't actually been running. I've just been laying in bed, but my body is acting like I've been running because that's what I was vividly imagining through my, my dream. And so I think, you know, a lot of those future imagined situations are coming from a person who's in an anxious state. And so we would start to try and work out that anxiety because if we're in an anxious state, we will overlay that anxious state onto whatever we want to think about. So it's like, when, if I think about the ocean, then if I'm in an anxious state, I'm going to think about all the potential threats that the ocean represents. Or if I'm on the way to a, uh, a social gathering or an event, then if I'm in an anxious state, I'll, I'll imagine all of the worst case scenarios that might happen. You know, oh, that person might be there and they'll say this about me and they were mean last time and they'll be more mean today. Or, you know, I'll be asked to, you know, speak in front of everyone. They'll all stand there pointing their finger at me. You know, it's not you know, rational, logical stuff, but that's an anxious state trying to justify, um, you know, what, what's going to happen. Whereas if I'm, people will know, so let's say, you know, remember like when you meet a, a boy or a girl and you start to become, you fall into this infatuated state, we call it love, but it's kind of this infatuation that happens early on. And we're like, oh my God, I found the person, my world has changed. It's like, we look, all other areas of our life start to look great. Like, whereas before I met this person, I was complaining about my job. I was complaining about my family, you know, fuck my boss, you know, life's so boring, blah, blah. Then I meet this girl and I start becoming infatuated. All of a sudden, my job's not that bad. I reckon my family are great. I reckon everything's fantastic. So it's like this, the emotional state that we're in in the moment bleeds out and filters all these other areas of our life. And so it's really important to understand that. It's called it's the, the honeymoon theory. effect. Bruce Lipton wrote yeah. a book on that, actually. Yeah, yeah. It's the the, the love chemical wears off after three months, um, and you st you stop looking at everything through those rose-colored glasses, uh, rose-tinted glasses. And then and people go, seeing, "Who is this person I'm with?" <laughs> yeah, you start you start seeing the reality of things again. You're like, "Oh no, my job does suck, and my boss is a dick, and my friend, my family are the worst." You know what? I don't like the way that she speaks in these situations. <laughs> it's, it's so funny. It's hilarious once you can see clearly. <laughs> Yeah. but that's the thing like so it's, it's all about perception is reality and the imagination will create create this this uh, amazing illusion of and, and anxiety stems from from living in the future so part of you is gone jump in your time machine going into the future put itself in the ocean already imagined how many sharks are swimming in the water and then sends a signal from the future back to the present going, no nope, danger, do not swim, do not do that because this is what's going to happen. It's, it's just predicting. It's just, it's just jumping to conclusions and going to the worst case scenario, which, is, which are two of those distortions that we talk about. And so the person then jumps in their car and drives home from the beach, even though driving in a car is multiple, multiple, multiple times <laughs> more likely to get you killed than getting eaten by a shark. <laughs> Obviously. So, yeah, we keep coming back to it, but uh, uh, you know, idle hands do the devil's work and idle mind does the devil's work. We don't want to, 
people get mistaken between distracting the mind and and focusing the mind. So people keep going to social media or gambling or whatever just to, to distract the mind. But we, we want to we want the mind to be focused on things. Uh, the mind needs to be engaged. It needs to be um, not distracted, engaged. And there's a big difference between the two. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. So, go, learn, learning a new skill, um, learning learning to build a table. You know, you, you're not good with your hands. It's, it's about woodworking. You can jump on YouTube and watch a YouTube video, but you're not distracting. You're engaged. You're not just sitting there mindlessly, you know, letting this stimulus hit your brain. You're actually engaged and, and part of that experience. Yes, engage, engage, and don't distract. Um, I completely agree. All right, let's wrap that up there, Nico. We're going to jump off for a minute and then we're, we're coming back to record another one with an amazing guest. Um, yeah, okay. I think that was great. I love I loved talking about that. I think the main takeaway, you know, for me was that, and it's something that I'm working on myself constantly, is just in those moments where we're battered or whatever word that you want to use it, people say like, I'm in a rut or I've had a horrible day or horrible week or blah, blah, blah. It's like, you know, can I let go of control and be okay with that, knowing that it'll turn around? Because it will turn around at some point. And then the question then will be, how did I spend the days, weeks or months before this? Was I in resistance? Was I unnecessarily suffering? Was I complaining? And now when, when everything's going okay, you know, is that the only fleeting moment of peace that I'm going to have before it all starts happening again? Because if, if you're okay with being battered, then you're generally okay with anything. And that's, I think, I think that's what we want to be, right? Yeah, but it's connecting to a deep sense of trust and that trust that I'm going to be okay. Whatever happens, I'm going to be okay. And, and that deep sense of trust will get you through anything and you can weather any storm with that sense of trust, you know? But uh, so trust is at the bottom and on top of the trust there is, is that I'm, I'm comfortable being out of my comfort zone. I don't need a roaring fire all the time. I don't need safety and security all the time. In fact, you know, it's, it's, it's so healthy for us to be out of those comfort zones. So yeah, but, but you can't control it either. Don't go chasing those storms and running into them just to get out of your comfort zone, but don't run away from them when they, they, when they pop up either. Just, it's all the same. I'm reading this Billy Connolly book at the moment and, and it's beautiful. He, he says, there's the cemetery is full of people who would love this weather. Hmm. Yeah, and it's like it's so true. The cemetery is full of people who would love this weather. You know what what people would give just to to experience some rain dropping on their face. You know, it's just because it's not aligned with what you had planned for that day doesn't make it a bad day. It just it just is. So we can all do do well in letting go. Yeah, yeah, I love that. It's like it makes me think of you know, people who they'll have, let's say it's with a, you know, a friend or maybe a partner or it could be a relative and they have these kind of meaningless interactions with them and then they pass away and they'll say, oh, I just want, just give me one more moment with them, you know? Yeah. It's like, have, have that, like, if you're going to play out a future scenario, play out that and go, I don't want to regret leaving things unsaid with people. Let's just say it now, you know, Nan, Pop, I love you, whatever it is, you know, just, just let, let, leave that stuff. Um, don't leave that stuff unsaid. I think that's really important. I imagine how many people spend their calculate the amount of hours people would have spent on social media, just mindlessly scrolling just for this year. 
Uh, oh, that would be can... a fucking horrific stat. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, just objectively, what could you do with those hours? How how many lives could you change? Hey, you know, going to cook for your grandma and grandpa, um, going to to take care of someone, going just to read a book and learn a new skill, or you know, it's it's just that step out of the mindlessness of it all and and turn up and be present for your life. Cop that, everyone. Yeah, you fuckers. <laughs> Except for Iceland. We love you, Iceland. Love you, Iceland. All right. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We'll see you on the next episode. Thank you, Nico. Peace. Bye. <laughs>you for tuning into the woke blokes podcast please don't forget to subscribe to the show also leave us a five-star rating we thank you so much and we'll see you all next time